right, Cheyenne Hills, thanks for tuning in to the Companion Podcast. Uh, I am Karsten Sween, and with me is Casey Orr, good friend, producer of this show, all-around good guy. Aw. Yeah. Mostly. And And what you guys, maybe maybe some of, you know, maybe most people know, but Casey is a huge part of our graphics and our series and the video, and so we just launched a new series called Valor, which... I thought the video was excellent. I will thank you so much. But just take us in. Um, I thought this would be great. New series. Let's start with like, how did this thing come about? So bring us into that creative process and what valor means to you. So um, it's an interesting process. The way the the way we kind of put series together is Galen usually has something on his heart. Like we kind of let the Holy Spirit kind of whisper to him, and he comes in and he says here's the word or here's the scripture or here's the, the idea that I'm floating around. And then we end up helping come up with a word or a title or something like that. Um, and then Evan Grubel, our very talented graphic designer, will come up with a couple looks that kind of whatever. And then uh, Holly Stevenson, our programming director, runs us through some some drills, some idea drills she actually got from Disney. Um, nice. And, and, and so we come up with the idea of like, okay, what are the premises? What we want people to walk away with? What do we not want people to think about it? What do we, you know, we, we do all this stuff. And so we came up with this idea of valor or Galen approached with us, us with the idea of valor. And he wrote a little paragraph about it that helped us. And from that, we gleaned the things that we used to build everything else, all the graphics and all the, um, the big thing that stuck out to me that he was talking about that you will see hopefully throughout the rest of the series is that, it's not just valor is not just something that you have to be on a battlefield. There doesn't have to be like we say in the, uh, in the, in the bumper video, like it doesn't require arm like metal armor or the rockets, red glares. I used to do. You don't need to yeah. have bullets flying. Like there are moments in everyday life that I think we get offered a chance to, to show valor, especially the strength in God, like Galen talked about today with David is externally or internally. And so that's the thing I'm excited to spend the next, um, I think six, seven weeks uh, exploring is these different ways in which we see a, the people in the Bible uh, exhibit valor in different ways. And also other ways that we can today in everyday life have these opportunities. I think God given opportunities to be courageous and to show um, a little bits of valor, even just, you know, you see someone and you they feel tugged. Like I can tell they're having a rough day. I should talk to them. I should bring a little bit of my like Christian worldview into this conversation. And yeah, and you're hit with this feeling of fear, yeah. you know, hesitation, and yep. you're like, it's not the same as being on a battlefield. Nope. But that's where you're drawing those similar parallels of like yeah. you could lose the relationship, you could lose someone's respect, mm-hmm. you could lose the words that you thought you had prepared, and you just <laughs> messed it up, and maybe you feel like God's disappointed with how you went about it. But like, there's a lot of things that kind of go through your mind, yep. and I think, so being, we know, understand being courageous, mm-hmm. what that is, but it's courageous in, in the act of battle, or it's courageous in the act of, I could lose this friend. It's courageous yeah. in the act of, I might look weird to somebody if yeah. I bring up a Bible, Bible verse right now. Exactly. And I think that in the word valor is, is special. I think back, there's a movie scene that I always think of as it was a three musketeers thing. It's like uh, the age of, uh, I don't know, it's um, pre-revolutionary France and it's the three musketeers and they're backed into a corner <laughs> and they know that they're going to lose. You know, they've got this whole, uh, they're way outnumbered and they come running around this corner, charging into, into the fight. And one of the people like, like lowers his weapon and goes, what valor, like just the, I just kind of, I'm going to do it anyway, is, is the real big thing is if there's how many opportunities do you have to say, I could 
do this, that's safer. I could do that. That maybe is, is not quite as bold, but I'm going to do this anyway. Yeah. I, I don't even know if the, don't know this person, but I'm going to do this anyway. I'm not, I've never been to Uganda, but I'm going to go on that mission trip anyway. There's yes. all sorts of opportunities. What a great example. Yeah. Going on a missions trip. If you've never done that before, mm-hmm. there's so many things that could go wrong or be challenging and you're leaving the country. But I just want to say, I think you guys did an excellent job. The series bumper, the video, I think that communicated all of those things from at least as a guy, a couple dudes, right? You're like, all right, sure, like knight in shining armor. That seems courageous and valor. You're like, but I've never put on armor right. and hopefully we'll never have to put on like iron knight armor. Yeah. But we have battles daily. Mm. Well, and I'm not sure if I'd fit into, they'd have to really mold a breastplate separate, uh, especially for my, for my tummy. Um, Your tummy plate? For my okay, tummy we will, plate. We'll make sure everything is ready for battle. It'd have separate moving pieces. <laughs> but, well, that's the thing, too. But we do, and we do have armor. And, and Galen talked about today, Ephesians 6, yeah. we do have armor. When, you know, within the spirit, in the word, in, in all those things, um, the breastplate of righteousness, all that stuff, the um, belt of truth. Ephesians 6 has a whole bunch of stuff that we can use to arm ourselves for these everyday opportunities to be brave. All right. All right. Well, I want to do one. I want to say one last thing, kind of summarizing, kind of mm. a recap of what it, what I heard, what it meant to me. And I think that's a good process for people. It's like, hey, what did you hear? Yeah. What did it mean? Um, I'm a big fan of taking notes in service. <laughs> so it's like, this is what helps me when we have our podcast, but it helps me to focus and learn. So anyways, want to do one more recap and then want to play with something that is probably going to come into my sermon next week. Okay. Like, like it hit me and I was like, I think this could be sticky. I think this could be something that's like helps people. So we're going to get there. So we're going to be guinea pigs. If it falls completely to pieces, yeah, you might Casey's not hear like, it. That's, that's like, what did you say? You say hot garbage? It's like hot it's, garbage. It's worse than cold garbage. Steaming. Well, I think it's, hot yeah, it's the smell. Garbage. I think that would make it worse. <laughs> so hopefully this is not hot garbage, hot garbage, but check this out. So uh, Galen went high point, low point, turning point. We mm. studied uh, David, right? So the high point was him fighting Goliath and just the outright, the outrageous uh, faith that he had yeah. to be like, nobody says that about my God and yeah. and my God can do anything he wants. So I'm going to pick up a stone and we're just going to see what happens. And <laughs> one shot kill, like just David, like he did it. Um, and you know, as I, I wasn't going to say this, but it's just, this is good. So my son's next to me in the service. Okay. And he's like, so he's tracking on this part of the message. Mm-hmm. And then Caleb keeps reading and he goes, David, or he goes, dad, did David like, David slept with Bathsheba, like Uriah's wife. And like, so he's reading ahead before Galen gets there. And it's like, yeah, like he had him executed. He goes, well, what do you mean? Like, did he just send him into war? It's like, no, they sent the company into war. Company pulled back. Uriah's out there by himself, dead. And he's like, dad, how could David do that? And I said, son, greatness and the potential to absolutely fail as in all of us. Yeah. Like just the Goliath moment and the Uriah moment like that lives in all of us. Let me let that seep in for a second. Greatness and the ability to absolutely fail exists in all of us. And at any given time. And I'm sure if you had time, you could think of like, yeah, Hey, Casey did a great job. Mm -hmm. And here's something that I don't want anybody to know about Casey. (laughs) And I'm, I'm first in line on that one is like, man, that tension, like we have, we have that in all of us. Mm-hmm. And and there was this preaching class I took and they called it the fallen con- condition focus. Yeah, okay. It's like when you preach, you want to be able to take the listener and be like, wow, I think I, 
I could have done that, good or bad. Yeah. I mean, so it was just, it was amazing. It, and this other thing is, is maybe it's easier for us to admit that we're capable of utter failure, mm-hmm. but it's maybe sometimes not as easy to admit that we're also capable of greatness, of oh, great yeah. love, of great valor, of mm-hmm. great courage. Yep. So here's where I was getting. So we had the high point of David, the low mm-hmm. point of Bathsheba. The turning point for him was Nathan called him out yep. and he responded. And Galen did say, like, look at whether it's politics or our own life, it is rare to own up when you've messed up. But like David did that. And yeah. so I think for us, again, in our life, like there, it's not like there's just one turning point. I mean, there could be for your salvation, mm-hmm. but it's got to be multiple turning points where your heart is soft enough to be like, yeah, I did that and I messed up. I need forgiveness. I'm still a work in progress. And I would say that the turning point or people refusing to have those turning points as an ongoing Christian, that's mm-hmm. what we get marked with, with being hypocrites. The illusion of being this perfect person, yeah. but not being real. And people can see the difference. And it's like, no, I'm, I have these continual turning points where it's like, yeah, I messed up again. I messed up. Oh. Yeah. But being able to say, I'm sorry. And when people know it and you're like, hey, and go to those people that know it. And you're like, I messed up. That shows, and I don't know what, like a you're like a real person, yeah. you know, like but a real Christian. Yep. You're like I'm in process. You're a real human, and the the only difference is, have I decided to spend my time as a human, just trying to get along with other, just trying to be a human, or am I going to spend my time as a human, like chasing, like accepting the uh, God who came down as a human, and trying to be like that human, trying to be like Jesus? Am I going to spend my time going after that? And I think for a lot of people, that's. That's the turning point. The idea that we looked at with baptism today is we go in in that water, one person, we come out of that water, a different person. And Galen was talking recently about how there's some um, churches that when they get out of the water, they turn around and spit. The idea is they're turning around and spitting in Satan's face Mm -hmm. and saying, that was me then, this is me now, and you can't touch me now, I'm covered. What about one thought here? What about a wedding? So mm-hmm. think about baptism and a wedding. So you have this baptism, this really, really special moment. You're confessing to God. You're confessing to your community. It's very, very special. Oh. It's also not hard. Yeah. It's not like practically hard yeah, to yeah. get up there, say, I love God, and and be ba- and be dunked in the water. Yeah. So here's what I'm getting at. The wedding days, most wedding days, though they may be stressful, not hard. Yeah. Not hard to dress real nice and everybody's excited for you. And it's all about you and your wife. And you get married and you say the things and it's like super special. And then think about the rest of your marriage. Yeah. Like, not like your wedding day. Not like, like your wedding day. Way harder. No <laughs> one's watching or you're going through a really, really tough patch. Like, your marriage is nothing like your wedding day for the most part. Well, And, and so, like, maybe yeah. your Christian life. It's <laughs> like, look, at, if you think it's going to be as easy and as like just the baptism moment, you're like, that's special. Hold on to it. But your Christian journey is going to be hard. Well, and I looked at, and there I've seen the analogy too of, of, of God likes to do this thing. He likes to, when he set up uh, in the old Testament, uh, before going to the temple, you'd have to wash yourself before you go into this thing, this place of sanctification and working on your relationship with God. When he pulled the, uh, the Hebrews out of Egypt, he separated the seed. They went through the water. Um, and then when they came out, it took them 40 years to take an 11 day walk. It took them 40 years. And so when we, just because we come out of the water doesn't mean we're all, we're all new. There's going to be grumbling. There's going to be mistakes. We're going to make yeah. a golden calf or two, hopefully not too many from way back to the reason that we all have the problem in the first place. I kind of wonder what would have happened if God came down after Adam and Eve um, ate from the forbidden fruit and said, what did you do? And Adam would have said, yo man, I messed up. Like I ate the fruit and she did too. And I'm sorry, I know I was supposed to be looking after her, but he said, oh, the woman that you made, 
uh, yeah, he gave me not, the fruit and I ate it. He did not. And she out. said, oh, the snake that you made <laughs> told me that the fruit would be okay. And no, everyone passed the buck. That's the first time anyone ever had a low. We passed the buck. Mm-hmm. And so David, who then it was t- said that he has a man after God's own heart, he accepted responsibility. He took it on and he let that moment change him forever. And that's yeah. a ser- That's what we have the rest of them. We have highs, lows, and a series of do we accept it and learn from it and become more like Jesus and get closer to God? Or do we keep shying away and, and not, uh, and not having those courageous moments and just, you know, never change. Yeah. And, and you know, and what Gillen said, and I, I wrote this in big letters and underlined it. He was talking about Israel mm. and we talked a lot about that in the beginning of the, the sermon, but check this out. It is perfect. You're talking about Exodus and like God's uh, family, Israel, uh, Gillen said they're not more righteous, mm. but they are chosen. Yep. And so I think we need to let that soak in as like, look at, you're never going to be as righteous as Jesus. No. <laughs> we're supposed to be in process of becoming more and more like him. But like, look at, like, we're not like, we someone want to judge a Christian, like you're a hypocrite. It's like, look at, look, I'm just, I love Jesus. Yeah. Okay. I may not be the most righteous person, but I am chosen. That is my God. And so it's like, man, that chosen piece. And so here I want to end with this thing and we'll try, try we'll, we'll test it out. So we studied David today. David was anointed. He was mm-hmm. picked out of all of his brothers. They had to bring him in from the field. They poured oil on his head, which symbolized the Holy spirit. And so he's anointed, yep. but he wasn't appointed. <clears throat> so he didn't have his position. Yeah. So he is anointed King. And then nothing happens. Yeah. You just go back out to the field. And then he has the thing with, uh, ministering to Saul, right? Plays music for him yeah. and is not the King. And then he kills Goliath and it's, just ridiculously crazy. Yeah. Still not the king. Not the king. So he's anointed, but he's not appointed. Well, and then there was um, years of getting chased by Saul and Saul trying to. It, there was uh, some. There was a rocky relationship there, but there was years before he ever became king. But when he first met um, Samuel, yeah. that was when it was decided that that who he was going to be. Yeah, God said, "This is who you're. You are going to be king." So if there's like a, like a slider, like Mm. left and right. And so in the middle is anointed, you're chosen. Okay. Okay. And then you slide it to the right. It goes up and you're appointed. Okay. You've got, you got the position, right? So for David, it's king, but then you can slide it to the left and you can be disappointed, disappointed. So that's what I wrote down. I was like, man, you're chosen, but then there's the appointed is like, you're the starter. And then you're disappointed when Mm -hmm. you get benched. You're like, Oh, I'm not important anymore. And I talk about, I'm going to probably talk about this in my sermon, but even like as a scholarship athlete, I was chosen and given a scholarship, Mm -hmm. but that didn't mean make me a starter. I wasn't contributing until I was a starter. And then I got benched. Well, that's what happened with Saul. (sighs) Saul got, Saul was, uh, they, they wanted the people wanted a king. God said, okay, Saul ended up king. And then the, one of the, f- not the first things, but Saul started messing up pretty straight away. And there was one battle where he didn't wait and he didn't do what he was commanded to. And God, and that was when like this, he sent Samuel to go find another king. He's like, you, you disappointed God. Like, yeah. and, th- and we all disappoint God all the time. This doesn't mean that's your last chance, but. But yeah, but that is I a like good, that, that idea, is a though. good illustration. So the, and the old Testament is a different dispensation than yeah. what we live in. Mm-hmm. And so, no, he did, he blew it. 
And then yep. the disappointed meant like he was literally not appointed king. Like he was, yeah. he, uh, David took his place. But I think where I want to go, fired, yeah. where I think I want to go <clears throat> for our dispensation, yes. for us and now and next week is church age, you the age are, of being saved by Jesus. Dis- yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So now fast forward, like right now today, it's like, Casey, you are chosen mm. before you actually were conscious to repent and become mm-hmm. a Christian. God chose you. He was pursuing you. It's always been about him and not you. And yeah. now it gets to be about both of you. So our chosen, like we can't mess that up now being used by God into certain positions of leadership or the church, or maybe there's a not for profit or it's, Mm -hmm. you want to be used by God to start a family and you want to have kids and like, whatever it is, it's just like, I can't wait to be a Christian in this role. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you got to be patient. I mean, right. It's like David had to wait a long time and there can be times where we actually lose. Like I'll just say for my job with FCA, being the state director for FCA felt like my dream job. Mm -hmm. Like I was made to do this and I loved it, but my son and my family needed me. And so you, you want to talk about some disappointment. I felt disappointed in that I lost that. And even in the, even in like the, the job, you can feel like discarded or like that'll never happen again, but you gotta be patient. And I think for me, it's like, guys, as Christians, we will never be kicked out of God's family, but you will step in and out of roles to be used by God or there's seasons that you do something. And so just remember, like you are always chosen. You are always loved. And, And it's tough. Sometimes you feel like appointed and you're like rocking it and you're disappointed. You're like, Oh, God doesn't see me or doesn't care anymore. That's not true, you know? And I think the way to really nail that in, we've just started our new growth track. And I think that's integral to what you're talking about. First, you have to know God. You have to understand who he is. Then you have to like find that freedom in Jesus and realize that you've been chosen. And the next part that you're talking about is discovering what that purpose is. What is that job? Because one way you might be disappointing is by not stepping into the role because, and sometimes you just don't know. Like there are ways to figure out and learn about what God might have in store for you. And I'll tell you what, since I found it and the other people I've talked about, when you discover those gifts God's given you and you step into a role where you are actually in that appointed position, I have, I have felt it. And I know I fall short a lot of times, but I have felt it and it's amazing. It is amazing. So guys, as we close with this, it's just, you know, just remember that you're chosen no matter what. And maybe, mm. maybe you're in a season where you feel disappointed with yourself. Mm. Maybe you feel disappointed uh, with just what's going on. Or maybe you're like, God, I'm honestly kind of disappointed with God. I feel like he's doing something to me. <laughs> it's like, man, seek him in a quiet place. Seek the scripture. Remember that like he spared nothing. He sent his only son mm. to, sac- to, to save us from our sins. So just if you're in the disappointed realm. I just want to encourage you to seek God and that he is good. And then for that appointing that we should be intentional to think about how can God use my gifts and my life so that other people can be saved. I mean, there's nothing better than that. So guys, thanks for listening today. Case, thanks for processing that, you know, maybe it makes it into the sermon. Maybe it doesn't, but thanks for listening guys. I hope this was a blessing to you.